Migraine Canada presents Migraine Talks with Dr. Elizabeth Leroux. A podcast to learn, share, and live better. Please remember, the content of this podcast does not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Discuss all decisions regarding your care and treatment options with your healthcare provider. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Elizabeth Leroux, neurologist in Montreal and your host for today's podcast about exercise and migraine. If you live with migraine, you probably have been told by different people, your neighbor, your coworker, your family, your partner, and your healthcare provider that you should, you know, hydrate, manage stress, lose weight, and exercise. Let's face it, everyone should follow these wise advices. But isn't it just a bit frustrating to be told to exercise when exercise triggers your attacks? Or that you should lose weight and exercise when even keeping up with just a normal life is a challenge? Today, we'll talk a little about why people with migraine should exercise, but we'll talk a lot about how to exercise or just move a little bit more. We will cover two key scenarios. The first is about people who are used to exercise and maybe are pretty athletic, but they do get migraines when they practice their activity. The second scenario is about people who are not that familiar with exercise or who are struggling to find ways to move more. It's rare I do that, but I will make this podcast a little personal because my own relationship with exercise has evolved over 30 years and I wanted to share a few things that I helped me to move better and with more fun and more enjoyable times. I told you I wanted to focus on how to exercise or move, but let's start with basics. You know, is it true that exercise is good for migraine? Yes, it is. Aerobic exercise, that means, you know, when you get a bit sweaty and out of breath, you activate your heart rate and breathing, actually decreases migraine frequency when practiced regularly. And that's true, especially for episodic migraine. So that means people who have migraine below uh, 15 days per month. Usually in these studies, people start with 8 to 10 days per month. Um, the proof that exercise can really help to improve chronic migraine is not, as, not that strong. But exercise is actually great for sleep, mood, and pain overall. Uh, it is recommended in numerous pain conditions. So it's, it's definitely something that should be on your plate. There are so many benefits of exercise and you can go online and find long lists of, you know, the hundred reasons why exercising is good. Prevention of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, cancer, uh, protection of your bones, sleep improvement, anxiety management, weight stabilization, um, increasing your uh, years of life in good health. Really, there, there's no end. There's no end. So the question is not really if or why you should exercise but how to do it. And that's, that's really where I want to focus today. Let's start with our first scenario. 
people who are comfortable with physical activity, but um, they trigger attacks when they exercise. So we'll talk about a few things, including basics, identifying the reasons why, adapting, and then uh, considering preventives and um, occasional acute therapy. So we cannot ignore basics, and I feel almost bad saying this, but hydrate and fuel up. You know, uh, it makes sense, but it's always good to remind. Make sure that you're properly hydrated and uh, you have eaten enough uh, before starting the exercise. And especially if you do like a a multi-hour thing um, outdoors, for example, make sure that you have enough of water and enough of healthy snacks. The second basic concept, once again, I have to say it, warm up and cool down. The migraine's brain does not like sudden changes, right? So it likes things when they are done progressively. So everybody knows these things, but for some reason, often we don't do them. And actually why we don't do them is probably because we're so busy that already it's so tough to put this half an hour of exercise in your schedule um, that adding a 5-10 minute cool down and a a 5-10 minute warm up to it seems just like too long. Uh, So I I do encourage you to really do the warm-up, cool-down thing. Next on the list, all right? So let's say you practice an activity that triggers attack. Try to understand what the trigger is, depending on what your activity is. So uh, is it the intensity, uh, the posture, the environment, uh, or maybe soliciting certain muscles too intensely? I'll give you a few examples that have come along my practice. And I had the great, you know, privilege to discuss with so many patients who told me about their different triggers. I'll start with jogging because jogging is a great activity. Uh, It's easy. It's cheap. You just put your runners. You get great endorphins when you do it. But let's just face it. At some point, jogging is a high impact sport and it has a lot of repercussions on the spine, including the neck. So I have seen people who I had to stop, to, to advise to stop jogging because this was just not the good thing for them. And so they had to find another activity that had less impact. Of course, before giving up, you can always, you know, find better shoes and try to find places to run on softer pavement or softer grounds. Uh, but jogging sometimes is a tough one. Cycling Uh, is interesting because it's a great sport but you have to bend over the bicycle and have this posture with your head kind of you know extended so flexed backwards and that can be difficult Um, spinning classes also are tough you know with the loud sounds and and the high intensity outdoor sports uh, i spoke about them can come with a lot of heat strong lights strong winds Um, so maybe those are triggers Sport arenas. Sport arenas, I I heard a lot about hockey moms, uh, you know, having to go to cold arenas where there's a lot of bright lights, a lot of bright sounds. Um, And that can actually be partially managed uh, with, for example, earbuds and and that kind of thing. A few words about yoga. Yoga is fantastic. It's great for breathing. It's great for strength. It's great for flexibility. but it, it actually requires quite a bit of strength in your core, in your shoulders, in your neck. And there are postures in yoga that are just not ideal if you are sensitive in your neck. You know, reversed postures, twists. Um, 
so it's it's yoga is actually not ideal for everyone for like for people with migraine hot yoga can be fantastic but heat can be a trigger so sometimes it's better avoided for certain people um, different sports may actually solicit a lot of different muscles that should be trained um, separately. So tennis, for example. So if you play tennis and you're starting the season again, maybe you have to make sure you do some conditioning to be able to hold the, uh, the practice. Another very interesting trigger linked to exercise is altitude. I've met my fair share of patients who are mountaineers, hikers, and they love to go to great summits. And I must say that has been a difficult situation because as we go up, the oxygen levels go low and that is a famous triggers for auras. And I have to say, this is a difficult one to control. So once you've identified the problem, try to adapt and kind of work around it, right? Uh, don't hesitate to uh, seek professional help, a physio, a coach, uh, kinesiologists. And um, if you've, you've, tried and if you've looked around it well sometimes and i have to say this and i hate to say it but sometimes you have to accept that there are sports that are just not for you at this time with the migraine and um, that uh, have to be abandoned or changed for another sport but before you do that there are two things you can do so consider a pre-treatment with your usual acute migraine attack or with long acting, so pills that will stain your blood for hours and hours. So you can actually pre-treat. Um, as always, discuss everything I say about medications with your healthcare provider about your particular case. Um, but this is something that can be used uh, for a, a prevention or pre-treatment. A long-acting NSAID, a long-acting tryptan, um, and this can work well for occasional, more extreme activities, for example, a long bike ride. But if you do train three, four times per week, that's not ideal because then you'll end up taking too many meds. So another idea is to make your brain more resistant to migraine, and that's with prevention. So if you go on a preventive, that might actually allow you to tolerate your triggers, and that includes whatever trigger is linked with your physical activity. So that, discuss this with your healthcare provider, as a preventive could actually help. One word about preventives, though, there are preventives which have side effects like, you know, somnolence, dizziness, um, low blood pressure, low heart rate and those would impair your physical performance. So you want to make sure that if you do choose a preventive, it's one that helps you to exercise better and not stops you in your track. We have discussed uh, about people who are comfortable with exercise and they are maybe athletes. Now let's talk about our second scenario. Those of you who are not that familiar with exercise, or um, maybe you were familiar or comfy in the past, but now you are out of shape. And that's where I really want to use my personal history to make a few points. And don't, I don't want to be preachy. I really want to encourage you and inspire you to find ways to get better. So I was, you know, that pudgy, clumsy little girl with glasses 
I wanted to spend my days in books. I, uh, for me, exercise was scary. I felt actually ashamed on how bad I was at it. Um, and I tried to avoid it at all costs. So, you know, I was that girl who was always the last one picked for teams. It was terrible. So uh, that's where I started. But now I must say 30 years later, I, I think I have found interesting ways and I really wanted to share this with you guys. So my point is that sometimes for some of us, exercise is associated with negative feelings and it makes it even more difficult for someone to start moving more when you are in a bad place with your migraines because there's a lot of negative feelings associated with migraines and when you're told repeatedly exercise 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 you know lose weight exercise manage your stress it's going to be good for you um but then when we we, we are not comfortable exercising uh, it can be very difficult to overcome this and to find ways so that's what i want to do today with this podcast so what are those key tips? First, just recognize that you can change and you can do this, okay? So that's first is break the ice and there's a way you can do this. And then be gentle to yourself, be flexible. Um, don't hesitate to seek help. And I'll, I'll share a few things about that. And also be persistent. So these are my key points. So for me, my story actually took a, a bend on, the, on an interesting uh, direction when I entered med school uh, because everybody was working out. So there was outdoor, outside pressure or encouragement, right, both, to get started to do something. So I actually uh, started to try different exercises and some of them I hated and some of them I liked. Uh, so there's a bit about flexibility there, right, uh, trying different things. And I was extremely grateful to my friends who supported me, who were patient and who helped me to overcome this initial kind of reluctance uh, to get started with moving around. Um, so, you know, after, after a few years, I had started doing things, but there were still things I hated. Uh, I did hurt myself a few times. And so there was actually a lot of progress uh, to be made. When I started practicing neurology, right, I was a young neurologist, all motivated and so on. Um, I was in an academic center, uh, so I actually stopped exercising completely. There was just no time. I was exhausted uh, all the time. I stopped going to the gym. I, I stopped doing yoga. I stopped everything. So I, after, and it seemed like a good idea because there were other priorities. But after five years, I was feeling bad. I had gained a bit of weight and I, I just, just realized that I was not on the track I wanted to be in. Um, and for those of you who have migraines, well, migraine is like a burden. It's like an extra load, right? It, it steals so many hours of your schedule. So if you go through a rough patch of migraine, um, and I've heard this story over and over, I ask all my patients if they do what they do for physical activity. And sometimes they say, well, I used to before my migraines got bad. And, um, and, and so migraine can really put you in a very sedentary way because you, you lie down, you sleep, you, you have these bad attacks. 
and they can really kind of just stop you in your tracks where you cannot do your activity that you liked. Um, and for some of you, you might actually never had a lot of habit of activity and that's, that's even more difficult because you, you don't know exactly where to start. So anyway, so I said, okay, so you know, I was in that place. Uh, I, decided, I decided to start moving again, but I was so out of shape. Even climbing a flight of stairs was making me out of breath and my muscles seemed to have disappeared. Um, and then I, I thought I would give up. So sometimes I hear this from people who have been through a lot of pain and for months and years. And, you know, the slightest activity is just a mountain. It's so tough. So for those of you who might have gone through a rough patch, you may have felt a bit like that. Like you're all rusty and tired and, and anything is, is too much. So part of it can be migraine. But after a certain time, part of it is also what we call the conditioning. So your body is not used to move anymore. And that's where I want to introduce my point about being gentle and flexible. So once I met a yoga teacher, very nice lady, um, she had actually migraines herself and she had a degree uh, uh, training in yoga therapy. So she would use yoga in people with strokes um, or other neurological conditions. So she agreed to give me just a few personal classes to show me what she was doing. And once, as I was struggling with a posture that I, I wanted to do well and I couldn't, I felt really angry at myself. And I think she saw it. So she told me, you know, Elizabeth, what if your body was a puppy? How would you treat it, your own body? Would you be impatient and angry like you are right now? Or would you try to be patient and gentle? <laughs> you know what happened? I actually started crying um, because I felt how it just, I, I, I got to see how I was treating myself. So that's a very important lesson I learned. You have to be gentle to yourself and you have to realize, you can realize how that sometimes you start at a low level because you've been off for so long. So start where you are. Maybe you were in better shape before, but now is now. And flogging yourself because you're not able to do what you want is not helpful. I see this a lot with people who were very athletic before and they, they feel they're getting a bit better with their migraines or they want to get started again. And then they say, oh, I'm going to do like, you know, this work, this little workout I used to do years ago and it was all easy. They can't. And then they say, okay, that's it. That's all or nothing. Society shows us athletes, extreme sports, you know, like shredded people, uh, actors doing extreme trainings, CrossFit, but that's just not the reality. And, and that's my next point is flexibility. And I don't mean being flexible yeah, like a yogi who can put their feet behind their heads. I mean flexible in how you perceive the word exercise. Because it's all about the mind-body connection. It's about moving. And, and you will have, you will find your own way. So it can be stretching, it can be dancing, it can be little moves in your living room, it can be taking a walk. Um, so it can be anything, really. So be flexible. Another way, that another thing I really learned, and that's for myself, but I, I really see this in my patients, is that often we say, if I train, I have to do it this way. Um, but why, right? So 
if you live with migraine, you will have good days, not so good days, and bad days, and sometimes terrible, nasty, terrible, I want to die days. So, of course, you cannot plan to have the same type of exercise or activity every day. So the one way out of this is to plan an easy thing, like uh, like maybe stretching if you want to take care of yourself during a bad day. And then for better days, you can have different levels depending on, on your energy level um, of different types of activity. So that's another example of uh, flexibility in your practice, whatever your practice is. But we can say one thing, right? Um, something is usually better than nothing at all. So even if it's just stretching on the mat, uh, doing just a few movements, um, it's better than nothing. And oftentimes, probably you know this, oftentimes when you actually just get to the mat or outdoors or wherever, you get started and then you do a bit more than you actually expected. Another thing I learned along my path is that you can actually hire professional help to learn how to move. So this next section is about kinesiology. So when I realized, remember how I was out of shape after my five years of crazy doctoring job with no stop and all about research and and work, work, work. I just realized I, I could not restart training by myself. It was just too discouraging. I felt really discouraged and weak. So I said, you know what? I'm going to work with a personal trainer, a kinesiologist. And I, I thought, this is such a luxury. Uh, I'm already hearing comments from you guys uh, listening. She's a doctor. She can afford that. But, you know, it is a bit of a luxury. But a lot of the patients I see are paying for other things. So, you know, they are paying like osteopathy, chiropractic treatments, acupuncture, uh, massage therapy. And all of these things can actually bring relief to you. But I'll say this, these are passive techniques. It's something done to you by your healthcare provider. Doesn't mean it's not good. But if you work with a kinesiologist or for the record with a nutritionist or a psychotherapist, you will learn things for yourself. So it's actually something that you can do by yourself later. That's very empowering. You should really consider adding to your list of migraine professionals a kinesiologist. What can you get from a kinesiologist? Okay, so I learned a lot there. I actually, over 10 years, I worked for a few months um, with a kinesiologist twice, with two different ones. Um, and here's, and I think physiotherapists actually can also do a lot of that if they do uh, train and teach you exercises. The first thing is motivation. And that's very important because especially if you want to get started, give you confidence and, and you're not sure where to start, some kinesiologists actually have received training about mental health and pain and they will understand your needs. So don't assume that kinesiologists are there only for super athletes, you know, to push their performance. They're also there for normal people and people with health issues. I already told you about realizing that there were movements I didn't know how to do. There, there are really things that were very difficult for me. So the kinesiologist can help you 
find movements and exercises that are adapted to your state, your body, and your level of tolerance. So that will actually avoid injury and it will help you to make progression. Progress with the body takes time. The body is a living, organic thing. You cannot just shift it over. You know, it takes weeks, it takes months. So you have to be patient, but you cannot just start and do things that are too harsh because you will hurt yourself. So remember, be gentle. Um, and, and that's where the kinesiologist can help. Another thing I learned, and it was fascinating to me, um, because I thought, I, I remember as a, um, in university, I used to take step classes. You can laugh, you can laugh. I was jumping over that step with cool music and we were doing all kinds of moves. And, and so I thought I knew how to do squats and how to do like basic things, but I actually didn't. Um, and so often it's not about the strength of your muscle. It's about getting your brain to tell your muscle to move a certain way in a certain position. So I realized that I had to practice certain movements to engage my muscles properly. And if you live with migraine and you spend a lot of time sitting, we spend way too much time sitting. Um, and sitting is actually associated with dying younger in a, and in a bad health. So when we sit, you know, some, some muscles just forget how to move. I'll break it to you. That includes the butt, right? Because you sit on it all day long. So engaging muscles, again, can actually take a bit of help. So there's a lot to be gained by practice with the kinesiologist. doesn't have to be for uh, a long time. It can be just a bit to get you started and then help you progress. All right, my friends. So uh, I've talked about being gentle, starting where you are. Uh, being flexible, adapting, and getting professional help. The last piece is about persistence. So being gentle doesn't mean giving up when you're tired. And that's, that's something we all do, right? Um, it means finding ways to do a bit more, a bit more often, and with a bit more pleasure, right? A bit more fun. So start with short sessions regularly. So when I talk to my patients, I tell them, it's not about going to the gym and killing yourself for an hour once a week. That's, that's never going to fly because you're never going to take the habit and you're going to be discouraged. So build a little habit where you are, gentle things, but regular, three, four times per week. Um, and if you want to build a habit, it's going to take uh, probably uh, a month or two where you will have to force yourself. And I know there's a lot of talk about self-care, listening to your body, and that's very important, especially with, if you live with pain and migraine. But the dark side of that is that you say, oh, I'm not going to do this. It's self-care. I have to stop. You have to learn where you're using this type of language just to hold back from something you don't want to do. That takes a lot of wisdom. And I know people with migraine actually have more of this wisdom than anyone else because they have to make these decisions on a daily basis. So my point is not to force yourself to the point of being worse, but to kind of find this sweet spot where you say, eh, can I do this today? Just a little. 
So that trick that served me well over the years, I'm I'm almost ashamed to say it, but I'll say it, is to have like a, a calendar on my wall with stickies, like smiley, shiny, sticky notes, stick like little stickies. This is something I used to have when I was learning the piano when I was seven years old. So it's really like a kid's trick, but believe me, it works because... First, you see your month, and when you see how regular you've been, you can be super proud. And when you see that you feel like crap, and you haven't been doing anything for five or seven days, and you're like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe that's because I stopped moving. And it really helps. So just a little trick, you know, whatever works. In conclusion, I hate to quote a big brand, but just do it. Um, be gentle, flexible persistent, uh, consider getting some help and also celebrate your successes and be proud, right? You can do this. So I hope this podcast inspired you to start moving a bit more. As you do it, there will be benefits. There's no question about the benefits, but you just have to find the right pace, the right way, your own way. So my friends, I hope you like this podcast and my little stories and i wish you find ways to move better until our next podcast be well migraine canada is a not-for-profit organization we improve the lives of canadians affected by migraine and other headache disorders through awareness support education advocacy and research this podcast does not replace a medical advice Always consult your treating healthcare provider to make any medical decision. If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, listen to the 11 others from our 2021 series, available on your favorite platform. Remember that you'll find plenty of additional information on MigraineCanada.org. Is there a topic you'd like to hear about in the future? If you have suggestions or feel like sharing your thoughts, please email us at info at migrainecanada.org and don't forget to check our website. We'd love to hear from you.